This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the ever-genial Franklin Proctor. Uh, Ever genial, I like that. Who's well, always so, trying to take over the show? I heard, I read, I read <laughs> oh, on Twitter. You said yesterday, hosting the garden show. I today. did, but I immediately, as James will attest in the next room, that James Patrick Dooley, he will attest that I quickly apologized <laughs> and demoted myself Good. to under under gardener. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, and to stay there for a little while. I'm the sous chef of the garden. Mm-hmm. That's all I am. Mm-hmm. I'm only good for one thing: giving out phone numbers. Well, then now wait. I am good for other things. I'll tell yes. you about what yesterday was all about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, learned about Butterflies Day. I didn't know that. That was like a yeah. national or international yeah, yeah, day. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. Excellent. Learned about butterflies. And day. you're dressed as a butterfly today. I am in my uh, daffodil yellow uh, shirt, short sleeve, because I'm gonna. I'm challenging Mother Nature. You know. Go for it. Quit it's all cold this, out there. Quit all this crap. Come on, give us some warm stuff. Yeah, I know. It'll come. <laughs> okay. It'll come. And there's a lovely lady sitting opposite yes. us. We that want you to shall welcome. more suitably introduce. Nikki Jabour is with us. Welcome. Thank you. Great from, to be here. From Halifax. All the way from Halifax. Yeah. Wow. Great stuff. <laughs> now, you okay. host your own radio show in Halifax, don't you? I do. We're going into our eighth year of the year on Vegetable Gardener every Sunday. Oh, yeah. excellent. So, wow. veg- okay. good stuff. So, just for the listeners, that means Nikki's here and you're here for a little while. Maybe not the whole Whole show, but maybe three quarters of it. As long as you want me, I'm here. Well, get those get those vegetable questions ready because we got Nikki here, the expert, to help with que- with answers. Alrighty, I'm going to give the phone numbers mm-hmm. and then get out of the way. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. That's for Toronto area callers. Then anywhere else in the province, it's toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Oh, Canada Blooms. Oh, it's up and running. Can you hear it in my voice? Yeah, you got, a, you got my cold. <laughs> I got, you know what? I, yeah, it's a tiring build. There's no question. Yep. It's, you know, six days, nonstop, 14 hours a day to build it. And it's built, and it opened yesterday to much fanfare and excitement and beauty and all that sort of important stuff. So that was great. But I think... I, once the build was done, I woke up yesterday morning with this killer head cold. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my job is done. Now I can just go back yeah, to exactly. bed. But I'm not really back to bed. I'm I'm here, and I'm actually at Canada Blooms. So a couple of announcements, one or two about Canada Blooms. Remember, you can get in, do the sneak peek with the early morning tours. Huh. Now, that's not every morning. Um Check the website, canadablooms.com. It's kind of cool because you get in at 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Wonderful opportunity to take photographs because there's nobody else there except you and your tour. You have a tour guide. The guide takes you around, gives you the backstory on a lot of the gardens, little information that you might not get otherwise. So it's a very, Mm -hmm. it's super popular. And if you want to get in on that, do book it through the canadablooms.com Yeah, there is a cost to this just to be up front. Well, there's always a cost to get into Canada Blooms. There's a slightly extra 
extra cost to join the early morning tour. But it's tours. worth it. I just did it. Did like, you? Oh, did I did you? it an hour ago, and it was it blew my mind. Yeah. And the information that I never realized. Yeah. About it. Yeah. We do. We provide the tour guides with a whole bunch of information that exactly you wouldn't yes. know. No, and it was amazing to see where some of the materials came from locally in Ontario, and and just d- details about the, the the different you know gardens. It was amazing. There you go. Worthwhile. There you go. Definitely worthwhile. Nick says it's worthwhile. Testimony yeah. right there. My gosh. <laughs> and if you're not an early morning person, this year we're doing an evening tour. Uh, this coming Wednesday, mm-hmm. I'll be um, putting together a little seminar beforehand on container gardening, and then you're out into the gardens doing an evening tour. That starts at six thirty this coming Wednesday. Again, you can book that online. All right. All right. How fun is that? All right, I just want to make another couple of announcements that are not Canada Bloom's announcements. One is Ed Lawrence is in the Toronto area uh, with the Applewood Garden Club on March 20th, speaking about getting the bugs out or gardening without pesticides. So Thursday, March 20th, 7 p.m., Lakeview Golf Course in Mississauga. Tickets are only $15, so you can reserve ahead or uh, show up. But either way, you know Ed, like he's just a, a... Amazing font of information. I mean, he's kind of mind-boggling. Though I did beat him in a competition. <laughs> we had Reach for the Treetops a couple of years ago. <laughs> I remember you bragging about uh-huh. this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was pretty fun. It was Dennis Flanagan, Paul Zammett, myself, and Ed challenged. Is there a video of that anywhere? I wish. Th- I wish there was. <laughs> there are that. some shots. <laughs> well, Mark DeZero was there. He might have done some video. Yeah, it was yeah. very funny. I mean, Dennis takes nothing seriously, no. and he kept bugging <laughs> Paul, so Paul couldn't, you know, get in on on the answers and. Ed, so Ed and I were like, you know, head to head on this. But I'm proud to say I beat that crap you, out of all of You are hardly competitive. Not me. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Also, mark on your calendars, Tuesday, April the 8th. I will be at the Lakefield Horticultural Society speaking on beauty and the eats. All about edible gardening mixed in with the ornamentals. Love it. Yeah. That's, for many of us, the best way to do it. Oh, yeah. Particularly if you're uh, gardening strictly in rooftops and patios and balconies. Yeah, there's a whole section in your book about rooftop uh, gardening. Yeah, just, I mean, you can grow a plant. You can grow food anywhere. Okay. There's no excuses. No excuses. Exactly. So I'll tell you what, we'll go for a quick break and then Nikki's going to tell us a little more about her book and what you're doing at Canada Blooms. Sounds great. And then we'll take some questions. Excellent. Okay, we'll be right back in uh, just a couple of moments. But first, you and I have Have to to do do some exercises. Maybe Nikki wants to get in with this. I'm going to stand up Maybe I should get my camera. Yeah, this is... (laughs) Oh, here we go. Oh, yes. And you know what? I have been taking my Sierra so very consistently. (laughs) Would you shush? Nobody can hear me. You're making too much noise with all that exercising. Okay, so the reason he's exercising and the reason I am so pain-free is because we have been taking our Sierra Cell. It's a completely natural mineral supplement from the Sierra Mountains, actually, and it works. You know, no joints, no soreness, no creaks, no cracks. It works. Now, it doesn't work for everybody. There is a 14-day opportunity to see if it works for you. Full money-back guarantee. So for more information, sierrasil.ca or 1877-JOINT-14 or pick up Sierra Sill at many of your health food stores. Yeah. Notice after you chastised me, I Got went quiet. to my finger exercises. <laughs> yes. I wasn't sure what he was very, doing over there. <laughs> very powerful finger exercises. And that name is Sierra Sill. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. <laughs> Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor, the uh, 
sous chef of the garden, forgot two important things. Was, Our mantra, yes. call early, call often, one question per call. And for first-time callers, let James Patrick Dooley know when you call in, and you shall receive this just before you hit the airwaves, and that means you've got your wings, your garden wings. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but garden wings, butterfly wings, whatever the case may be. Right. And Nikki's with us, Charlie's yeah, here, and, yeah. and the folks are calling in like crazy. All right, well, let's maybe go to a caller, and then we're going to hear some more from Nikki about sure. her, her okay. book and what's going on at Canada Aubrey, Blooms. Aubrey in Hamilton is on the line. Hello, and welcome to the show, Aubrey. And good morning, Frank. Nikki, welcome from uh, Halifax, and uh, good morning, Charlie. Morning. The uh, reason for my call, first and foremost, I'd like to say thank you. I called about my mom's plum and bago a couple of weeks back, mm-hmm. and you advised the sticky sticks because the little black flies mm-hmm. were fantastic. So, again, thank you. Excellent. Second part of that is the plum and bago now, what I'm finding, uh, came to the house, and it has this, I won't say it's a powdery, it's almost like a spider web white film on the underside of the leaves. What is that? Um, have you and got it's a mag? Causing some of the leaves to die off. Yeah, and are they? Do, when you look at the t- surface of the leaves, do they look a little almost like netted or um, granular in in look? Uh, not the not the top surface. The bottom. It's um, I can't, I'll say it's yeah. almost. You know when you get those white powdery flakes of snow that we've seen over the last little while. <laughs> oh, well, okay. yeah. That's on the underside of uh, of just the just the leaves itself. Okay, there is, it's not even an insect, it's a tiny, tiny microscopic spider called spider mite. Okay. And you'll never see them without a magnifying glass, but you will see their webbing. And the best way I find to see their webbing is put the plant between you and a window and look at where the leaf axle and the stems come together. You will see uh, little tiny webs across that that little distance there between leaves and stem. If you have spider mite, it's a bit of a problem because they're virtually impossible to really kill or eradicate. Um, So that's what I would first suspect. But so that's the first thing to do. Uh, figure out what it is. If it is spider mite, you do have to. You can use the soap and water. You know the safer soap or mix up the soap. Right. Follow the instructions. Uh, it's more than one spray, of course. Waiting seven days between each spray to eradicate not only the living spiders but the eggs of the spiders. You also have pyrethrins, uh, which is things like. I'm trying to think, Bug Be Gone or Trounce or any of those kinds of right, brands out there. Those ones, yeah. And again, they'll they'll say on them whether it works for spider mites, and it'll give you very dis, very uh, specific instructions on how to eradicate if it is spider mite, right? If it's more, it could be a mildew. I mean, it could be powdery mildew when you talk about sort of a white fuzzy bit. So lots of sun for this plant. Lots of sun. Lots of sun. Cut it back. We're at that time of year where we're going to cut all our tropicals back uh, and encourage new growth. Fertilizer. I can start now. I heard that last week, yes. Once a month, correct? Once a month, absolutely, in the growing season. And now it's March and spring is around the corner. Plants know it. They are responding. And, and yeah, do do a little detective work. See if you can figure out what it is that's really causing that. And give us a call next week or or whenever just if you get a better sense of what it might be. Uh, And we're happy to see if we can figure out best steps. Great. Thank okay. you very much. I know that Nikki is going to speak about her book, and I'd just like to know if there's possibility to find out about the radio show, if I could pick it up online, da-da-da-da-da. Mm. Yeah, but, absolutely, actually. Yeah, the, uh, the Weekend Gardener airs, um, well, it airs live. You can go to the news957.com website. Uh, it's news957.com website, and we're going to start up again in late April. We, we go for seven months a year, and then I take winter off. I go dormant in, win- in winter. <laughs> like there we go. Most Spring of my plans. I wish you all the best. In <laughs> Thank the you very much. Thank you. Thank you. 
Oh, so Nikki, now that Aubrey brought that up, you are speaking today at Canada Blooms. I am. I'm so excited. It's my third year at Canada Blooms. And I mean, to me, this is the kickoff to spring. I know it hasn't felt like in Halifax mm. and it hasn't felt like it here. Uh, but yeah, it's the official kickoff in my mind for spring. Yeah. So yeah, today at 1 p.m. 1 p.m. on the main stage. Uh, yes, on, on the Salon 102. Oh, Salon 102. Salon 102. Salon 102. Ooh, ooh. Sounds like a salon, doesn't it? It's the parlor. Posh, that is, my darling. And then I'll hurry over to the uh, Toronto Botanical Garden booth and do a book signing. So. Oh, Okay. Excellent. Yeah, because yeah. you've got books with you. I, yeah, there's my, my two titles are there. That's okay. right. Yeah. Do you know what we got to do? we got to take oh, a little break here and break. come back. And then, I promise, we'll talk about Nikki's book, honestly. <laughs> we, we, weren't just, books. We, we weren't just kidding. We're really going to get you on the air to talk about the book. Okay, back in just a couple of moments here at AM 740, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin and Nikki. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Sue Chef of the Garden, Frank Proctor here, and I just got to share this with you. Uh, it, it's d- taking me all my powers to keep Charlie in the studio. As we were sitting in our studios, <laughs> a, a, a mounted police officer just rode by. Two of them. And Charlie, two of them, yeah. And Charlie wanted to grab a bag and go and get some manure. And I said, no, we got to keep doing the show. Even Nikki so, wanted to come yeah, with me. I know. <laughs> we were going to fight for these, that. These gardeners, Seriously. they were just mad for this manure. Anyway, uh, we're, we're uh, having a special guest today. We so are. So reintroduce Nikki and Nikki the Nikki Chubb, special guest visiting from Halifax. Yes going to be at Canada Blooms this afternoon at 1 o'clock in Salon 102, speaking on... Um, well, groundbreaking food gardens. There you go. Yeah. And that's the name of your newest book. It is, it is. Yeah, 73 plans that'll change the way you grow your garden. <laughs> so, 73 plans for everybody, different, yeah. depending on what your growing circumstances are. Yeah, basically, um, uh, the publisher gave me, you know, just said, do what you like in terms of finding, you know, who you want to feature in the book. So I basically stalked, mm-hmm. uh, would be the correct word, uh, <laughs> a bunch of gardeners and garden writers and professionals and botanical gardens and any bloggers, anybody I could think of whose work I've admired. And uh, I squeezed a plan out of them and techniques and ideas and how do they grow and what varieties do they love? Because I'm mm-hmm. always curious what other people like to grow. What's your favorite tomato or yeah. things like this? So I gathered all that information over two and a half years. And this is the end result. <laughs> Very cool. So, I mean, it runs the gamut. You've got... Yes. Gardens for like rooftop gardens. Yeah, people if, if they have a condo and have no room at all, yeah. you could do vertical gardening. You mm-hmm. could do you know mm-hmm. container gardening. And one of the designs for a, like a condo balcony has even a, a beautiful little arch, a garden arch mm-hmm. with squash climbing up it. And but of course you could switch that out and grow cucumbers. Sure. So you know yeah. it's very versatile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Depending on where you're growing, and and obviously yeah. food gardening typically requires quite a bit of sun. Yes. Uh, yeah. And although Marjorie, uh, uh, I think everybody knows Marjorie Harrison mm-hmm. here in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I worship her, and she. Um, <laughs> She knows that, of course, but she gave me a beautiful plan for because her yard in Toronto it's every shade. year, yeah, shade more and more over the past couple decades. So she gave me a, a plan that's beautiful, but it's for a partially shaded vegetable garden. Right. So you concentrate on leafy greens right. and things like beets, leafy root crops, and herbs. And she included all these wonderful flagstones that will then reflect heat and light back right. to the plant. So a clever little technique there. Yeah, to help with it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And many of the leafy greens, as you point out, yes. actually prefer a little bit of shade. They do because that way they won't bolt or go to flower mm-hmm. so quickly. 
quickly. So yeah. the, it's cooler in the shade, and many of the plants will continue to produce what we're growing them for for longer, which yeah. can be a good thing. And what I say, Nikki, the, uh, the book is beautifully illustrated. Oh, thanks. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> tons, tons of color. I mean, wow, yeah. really. Yeah. And it's not a small book. No. It's a rather good-sized book. Hefty. Yeah. And clearly lots of great ideas yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. It was really fun to write. And, uh, you know, my goal is to, you know, just like I say, give a lot of ideas, techniques, and hopefully inspiration to people. And I know that I'm starting to change my own garden now because I'm taking a little bit from this plan and that mm. plan and this idea and, and kind of shifting my own garden this spring. Because we're all learning, right? To all the time. Do we ever yeah. know it all? Not. I screw up constantly, and yeah. that's how I learn. Yeah. <laughs> constantly. Well, there you go. There you are. As opposed, I never learn from my mistakes. That's my problem. Well, I think we better maybe take a call. Let's, do you think? And, and okay. our next caller is Carrie from Richmond Hill, who is calling about potatoes. So I think we're going to let uh, see if this is something Nikki might want to get All righty. Well, if I don't know the answer, I'll just make it up. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> hey, Carrie. Pretty much the way. <laughs> welcome to the show. Yeah, hi there. Um, I have a bag of potatoes every year that go to seed. Now, I've planted them every year, and I've only had them once flower, and that's when I got a bountiful uh, supply of potatoes in the fall. Now, I was wondering, does your guest speaker have any ideas of what time I should be planting them, as soon as possible, or wait, or maybe get a bushel basket and uh, throw some dirt in, then the potatoes, more dirt, and then plant that, so I, you know, keep them in organized? Yeah, well, you know, I, I would still wait. It's it's a little bit early, unfortunately. Oh, no, no, we've got snow here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you had a cold frame, I certainly have done potatoes in a cold frame, nice and early, and then I'm harvesting them in late May. Okay, um, but in an frames. open garden, you're going to have to wait until your soil's, you know, the snow's workable. gone. Workable. Once though, is that a different bag than I bought? It could be the variety. I mean, I would definitely yeah. buy them from a garden center. You know, oftentimes the grocery store potatoes, even if they're organic, they've been treated, and they're just not going to sprout as well for you. Oh, so, very good. Yeah, <laughs> and, and always make sure you're changing the place from year to year as well. You want to crop rotate potatoes. That's one of the essentials for potatoes. And oh, if, no, I, I, listen, I just don't want to waste them, so I, yeah. I don't care whether or not. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to go to any fancy market to get them. I'm just, you know, it's a bag of potatoes. I'm surprised that the Irish had a potato famine because, you know, all they needed to do is go underneath my kitchen sink. <laughs> I think that happens to all of us. You know, and if you just want to stick some in a big barrel or a big container, mm. I would not then move them out of that. I would just grow them in that. Just put like three in a big container and okay, let them grow. Great. And, you know, in about two months, two and a half months, depending on the variety, you'll be able to harvest some, you know, some potatoes from that. I thank you. Yeah. Good luck. And welcome to Toronto. Thank you very much. Bye-bye then. Thanks, Carrie. Hey, interesting calls already, and mm-hmm. gee whiz. Shall we progress? Uh, sure. Ladies. All right. <laughs> Ladies. Donna in Scarborough. Hello, Donna. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I really enjoy your show. I listen to it every week. Wonderful. Uh, I have just a small problem. Uh, when, this, when the ice was here and we had to get the um, salt to put on the land, mm-hmm. um, they ran out of salt, so I went and got some sand. Now mm-hmm. I'm stuck with two bags of sand. It says on the bag that it's natural and environmentally friendly. I was wondering if I could sort of scattered around the garden and the uh, the lawn to get rid of the sand. I don't Wait. think it would hurt, hurt anything if you did it very thinly. Well, uh, but it, so hold on. The bags you've got are sa- bags of just sand. Just sand. Nothing yeah. else in there. And it says natural and environmentally friendly. And okay. it's not traction sand with the big chunks. Yeah, it is traction sand. Okay. And traction sand. What's the quality of your soil? Does your soil tend to be on the sandy or does it tend to be clay? It's clay. Okay, perfect. You you know what? You go around and you broadcast that sand on the on the lawn, on the garden, not a problem. 
It will help with... Perfect. I got two bags of sand and hopefully we don't need them next year. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, no, sand will always help with... You need that drainage and clay is one of those poorly drained soils. So sand will help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of Scarborough is. So it's Nova Scotia. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, I I garden on a lot of clay as well. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks Thanks for calling. calling. All right. Gosh, uh, interesting questions coming in Mm -hmm. like mad. Let's bolt to Bolton uh, and welcome a first-time caller, Mary. Welcome to the show. Hello. What an introduction. Good morning. Welcome. I listen to your show every week, but I had a hard time getting through this morning. Very busy. It's, it's, we're getting to that time of year. <laughs> well, your show is very popular, I think. Yeah, it is. Anyway, uh, we had a resident rabbit all winter long, and uh, it ate all the bark off my baby um, uh, peach trees and cherry trees and apple trees, and I'm just wondering if they're going to be lost or uh, will they, you know, will they survive this? Did it eat all the bark in a total circle around the base of the trees? Yeah. So, by trees. Yeah. So, so there's no bark left remaining on that? Well, I mean, it's uh, about three quarters because the snow is so high that uh, they were able to, you know, I, mm. I don't even think it's, they started right from the, the ground up because of the snow. Sure. The snow is covering maybe, you know, mm. yeah. inches off the it, bottom. It doesn't matter where on the, on the actual stem that the bark is removed. The point that Nikki just made is if it's a complete ring and the, the bark has been removed all the way around the entire circumference of the, the stem of the tree, uh-huh. the trees will die. Aww. You Aww. might want to wait until the snow melts and you can well, get a better look at the damage. Yeah. Um, and well, one of them, I still have the receipt, so... <laughs> You know, Glen Echo might take them mm, back and give mm, me another one. I'm not sure if that will be. I do use the plastic protectors yeah, for the first say. four or five years with my, my fruit trees as well. That because we get a lot of well, we get everything, even uh, porcupines peeling uh, off the bark. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. We use, yeah we get mice and voles yes. and moles and obviously rabbits in certain years. But um, yeah, once the bark, when the outer bark has been removed in an entire ring, the plant will typically die. Uh. Um, but do keep an eye on them. And if you are replanting fruit trees, as Nikki suggested, get those plastic spiral oh, yeah. wrap. They're like a dollar. We figured that yeah. out now. I, I was just. Wondering yeah. if any chance that they would survive, you know, somehow or the other. They yeah. may. Who knows? Well, like well, Charlie mentioned, if the bark's not eaten completely around, you know, fingers crossed. We'll keep our fingers yeah. crossed yeah. for you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. Good Thanks luck. for your call. Good Thank luck you. with that. Yeah, okay. no. Don't be a stranger. Day. Call again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, very good. Gully. Uh, we've got uh, Pamela online now mm-hmm. from Toronto, probably just around the corner. Hi. Good morning. Morning, um, Frank and Charlie. I'm a first time caller. Oh, 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 get out the bell. Wait a minute. <laughs> there we go. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to talk about. I'm, I'm in a senior apartment building, actually in Burlington, mm-hmm. and um, I have a little balcony. But I have a beautiful um, yellow hibiscus which I brought in, and it's got beautiful big leaves and. Then it sort of bends over when it needs more water and tells me. So I perfect. Do. Yep, that's but exactly what right. I, what do I do to get some lovely more yellow hibiscuses on it? Because it just bloomed beautifully last summer. Is it blooming now? Five, and I want I wanted to give it some liquid, liquid or other kind of food. You know, yep. out of food. Okay, great idea. 
Um, what I would do is you're absolutely right. We're at that time of year where days are getting longer. Plants are responding. Perfect time to do some cutting back. Hibiscus are something that we'll often get too large over the summer for us to be able to bring them back in in the fall. So now is the time to cut them back. It, particularly if they're not blooming right now is a great time to do some pretty severe pruning. And you can start fertilizing once a month. I personally would just use an all-purpose flowering plant fertilizer. It would be a 15-30-15 perhaps. It might be a miracle Grow, whatever it is. It's just something that will encourage flowers. And it, come summer, that's when all those buds will form again. And as you haul that plant in next fall, it'll be covered in buds and blooms again, which will give you all that beauty all next winter. So good, easy to do. Just prune now and start fertilizing. There you go. Thanks, good. Pamela. Thank you for calling, Pamela. Appreciate that. And uh, you are listening, by the way, to AM 740 Zoomer Radio, direct and live from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. And the Garden Show is on the air with Charlie Dobbin and our special guest, Nikki, Nikki. Jabour. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, to the line again. We can uh, get another call in before we have to take a little break here. Jane in Waterloo calling in. Hi, Jane. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Um, I have a question about poinsettia. So you probably thought you had heard the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have uh, three and a half, or two and a half. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, my husband thinks that I'm watering them, and, he, and I think that he's watering them because he's our resident plant person. I see. And sometimes they uh, just don't look very happy. I was wondering if it was possible to um, set up a wicking system so that um, they would, you know, I could, we could just put water in the pot. They would maybe sit up on something and there would be a wick that go, would go up through the pot and that, that would, um, we could maybe just um, do them once a week or something like that. So right now you think that probably with both of you hovering, you might be overwatering? No. No? <laughs> Neither of us is doing anything. Oh, I see. <laughs> At times. Okay, so the... For many people that have good-looking, healthy poinsettias at this time of year, they think, oh, let's just keep this plant. It'll be bigger and better next Christmas if I look after it now. Number one... Prune it back because, again, as I mentioned, it's all about pruning now for plants that are tropical and we want them to look good next winter. So some pruning is required. Uh, Lots of sun. Take it outside in the spring once we're frost-free. Start it in the shade. Move that plant, if you wish, into half sun, half shade for the summer. Uh, You can leave it in the pot. You can bury the pot in the garden, and it'll be a little green plant in your garden. Uh, All well and good. And then come late August, early September, pop it up out of the ground, scrub it, you know, soap mm. it down, clean it up into the house. It'll be a house plant. But of course, to get it to turn red, we have to start doing the, the dark and the light. And that's the, you know, the challenge and sort of the fun for a lot of people. But in terms of the wicking and, and self-watering, there are self-watering pots out there. You could put these plants into one of those kinds of pots. They're designed with, just as you say, a, a wick system and a reservoir below, and you can go away on holidays for two weeks and your plants do just fine. Well, and, well the one plant in particular, two of them are gifts and one I buy, mm-hmm. but the, the largest one is in a there are actually four plants in the pot mm-hmm. um it's um it's enormous um the plant is probably 12 to 14 inches across mm-hmm. and um and that's the one that that 
we seem to have the most problem with. But My it, husband um, picks the pot up, and when it's too light, mm-hmm. he, um, he puts water in it. But by that time, sometimes, um, you know, it's kind of almost too late because the, the uh, petals start dropping. Yeah, but so what I would say, yeah, and that's where that pruning comes in. Because if you prune, then your new growth, which will be, you know. Well, I'm not, actually, I'm not concerned about what I'm going to do now. Okay. I have actually pruned the large one, and mm-hmm. it does have more Good. leaves yeah. coming on it. But when we get them new, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, I just, it, I, I, I'm so sad every year. This, this person gives us this pot every year, and we just never seem to be able to keep it looking good. Often when they put four plants in one pot, though, when they often squish four plants in one pot, it's generally only meant to live for a short time because they're just always fighting for any little bits of soil and nutrients. And, you know, I always see that as more of a two-month decoration. Yeah, rather than a long term. And then a composting opportunity. (laughs) True. Because, no, Nikki's right. That that pot is probably 90% roots in there. So when you go to water, of course, the water will go through the bottom holes of the drainage pot into the saucer below wait 20 minutes half an hour whatever available soil is in there will absorb water but with that many plants in a pot particularly if it's in the sun and the warmth and it's trying to grow yeah. you might need to at this time of year be watering every two or three days i'd almost pull it apart and take the four plants you out could. and put them in their own pot to make that's the only thing that's really going to make them happy yeah without yeah. being intensive on it all the time that's right to yeah. really have them thrive they need to be separated which you could do now is a perfect time to do that repotting is is best done in march mm. right. so that's an option as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that would mean that we would then have six months. <laughs> yes, it would. And I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not my fault. I think the key phrase, well, the key phrase learned there. Okay, Jane. Best key phrase luck. that we learned there was uh, composting opportunity. And, you know, I and I'm going to, I stole that from Mark Cullen. Okay? Oh, is that Mark right? said that to me years ago, and I thought it was genius, so I always give him credit every time I use it. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. Well, that's fair. That's fair. And to be fair to our sponsors, yes. we have to take a little bit of a break now. We're going to be coming back to welcome another first-time caller. But in the meantime, it is time once again for Frank to get busy doing exercises while Charlie extols the virtues of Sierra Sill. I'm doing knee bends this this time with the help of hanging onto the desk. And he's not whining or screaming in pain. He's quite graceful, actually. Not bad. It's nice. Both Frank and I. This looks like plies. (laughs) It's the ballet. It's the butterfly shirt that's doing it, actually. Frank is doing exercises. Exercises and smiling. And smiling. And not screaming yeah. in pain because he's been taking his Sierra Sil regularly, as I have, which was very important when it came to uh, doing the kind of work we were doing at Canada Blooms over the last few weeks. So, three little pills every day, completely natural mineral supplement, which somehow magically takes any joint pain away. And you can learn more about Sierra Sill at their website, sierrasill.ca. Call them for more information, one 877 joint 14 or pick up Sierra Sill at your local health food store. I have wrapped up my exercises for the morning, and all that left is left for me to do is to give you the Sierra Sill uh, name itself. Yes, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And your affable, I was going to say co-host. You see, I almost, I almost no, you got myself. No, you can be a co-host. Could I? Yeah. Oh, 
Uh, uh, okay. As long as you put out that, you know, it's, you're the yes, undergardener. Undergardener, yes. Capital U. Reminding you of the phone numbers, we have a couple of lines open, actually. 416-360-0740 for Toronto area customers. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And, and we have a special guest in the studio. Yes. Nikki Jabour is here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I'm thrilled to be here. This is exciting. It's fun. <laughs> kind of fun, it's so huh? much fun. Well, and you do your radio show back in Halifax every Saturday? Uh, every Sunday from, uh, yeah, Sunday. from 10 to 12. 10 and uh, to 12. But I'm on hiatus. I go, like I say, I go dormant for the winter. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so this is good. This is getting you ready to it's get getting back. It's getting ready, yeah. When, oh, you, when right. do you start up again? I'll probably start up again in late April, right after Easter. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Sheila in Burlington. Oh. Another first time caller. First time caller. The bell must be hot by now. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Sheila. Hi. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. I love your show. I have a terrible squirrel problem, and I'd like to know how to protect my garden and lawn from the squirrels. I'm wondering if the things you put in the ground that emit a high-pitched sound will keep them away. You know, that's a really good question. And uh, luckily for me, we don't get a whole bunch of squirrels in the garden in Nova Scotia, but you guys have some big ones here. And every time I come to Toronto, they scare me a little bit. They're giant. Um, I have, I do know people who've tried those, uh, those noise emitting things you put in the ground with mixed results. And, uh, you know, I've used them myself for, for mice and moles and things. And again, eh, it's kind of hit and miss. So I don't know, honestly, if those would do well for you. It's worth a shot if you already have some to put them up there. Uh, depending what your plant materials are. I know with bulbs and things like that, I have often laid down chicken wire uh, on top of my garden and then cover that with some mulch. So if the big squirrels are trying to dig in my garden or something, they can't get to the bulbs. Um, you know, so that works as well. Uh, it just, you know, it depends on the plants you're growing. Are they digging out your existing plants or what are they doing? Well, last, <clears throat> excuse me, last year they were sitting on my fence because I live in a townhouse. Oh, yes. And they sit on the fence. And what they did last year, they picked branches and little all the leaves right. off one side of my lilac bush and took the leaves off my rose bush and they put them in the neighbor's barbecue. Oh, how kind. To Build make a, a nest. nest. Wonderful. And last time she had three sets of babies in her barbecue. <sighs> so she got a new barbecue. <laughs> she tried everything to keep them out of the barbecue. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, also, one, one thing you might try is you can get this invisible netting. It's called like bird netting. And, you know, even just leaving it on for a little while in spring, just so they might come back one or two times and then they'll realize we can't access these leaves so easily. You know, wrap your, your, your lilac in that and that might help, um, you know, in terms of not being able to pull off those leaves then and getting it through the netting. That might dissuade them enough that they'll go somewhere else and try to gather their leaves for a nest. The and neighbor that's kitty corner to me, she feeds the squirrel, the bird. Oh, she has about three right. or four bird feeders, and I think they're going there to eat. Is oh, that the problem? Of course they are. It's very hard to keep squirrels out of a bird feeder. Um, I know you can get squirrel-proof bird feeders, and I've had those, and I do watch the squirrels gleefully pull the seeds out of them. Um, you know, and, But yes, uh, it is hard to get squirrel-proof ones, and some people actually feed the squirrels because they like squirrels. So that would probably be attracting more squirrels to your area, um, but there's probably not a lot you can do, honestly. If, if you know, Get a dog. Yeah, a, a dog? dog would help. Yeah. Dogs help. People tell me that for the deer in my neighborhood, too, but then I got to pick up the dog poop. I know. You know? And I can't compost it. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I, I would just try to maybe cover your plants at least, you know, while they're making their nest. Because once they're finished making their nest, they don't want your leaves anymore. What time of year is that? Uh, that is probably going to be in spring because that's when they're going to start having their babies, probably as soon as the leaves come out, really. Uh, so you're going to want to keep on top of that, and you can just get the bird netting. I don't know if, Charlie, you've got other ideas. Yeah, uh, that, well, you're right. It's all about mechanical sort of. Yeah. Uh, 
um, barriers. Yes, barriers. Yeah, I put screens around my hyacinths when they're coming through the ground. Yeah. Yes. They'll, you know, eat the new shoots right of off. Of course. They're very Even acrobatic squirrels. Roses. Yeah. Yeah. Roots, yeah. leaves, and flowers. It is hard. It is hard to dissuade them. Unfortunately, it's it's like my dear problem. You know, you, you try to get. They're going to get something, but if you can keep them away from the plants that you love the most, mm-hmm. you know, then I think you're 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 one step ahead. Do you think it could be from my good soil that I put compost in? That Probably in? not. No. No, just healthy plants come yeah. from good soil. Yeah, I would not stop putting compost in your soil. <laughs> Definitely, keep going. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And that's good. Some question. people believe in blood meal and bone meal, and particularly blood meal as a way to because the squirrels smell it. Yes. They they've never seen a cow before, but no. they know mm-hmm. it's from some big animal and it scares them for a while. Yeah. Uh, then you but, have to do it every time. That's right. You, water you do. Or that's it right. Rains. That's and right. it adds a lot of nitrogen to your soil then, too. I find in the vegetable yeah. garden, if I do that, then I'm getting lots of green growth, but yeah. not, no flowers. Right. Um, yeah. And if there's different things you can shake around, I just don't find them that effective. No, not in the and long term. And they're expensive. Yep. Yep. You know? And if they're not eating, if they're eating your roses or your leaves or something, then you could spray on like a, an organic, you know, bad-tasting deterrent, which I find works for deer. But, you know, it's not going to do a lot if they're just gathering leaves for a nest. Right. Because they're not eating them. Right. Yeah. Imagine g- gathering rose leaves for a nest. <laughs> no, thank <laughs> Sounds you. Sounds nice to me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the rose petals. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sheila. Good luck with that. And you know, ladies, thank you for calling. uh, And it's engendered a call (laughs) from Guelph from Bertha we'll get to in just a moment because she might have a remedy to the squirrel problem. Aha! Bring it on. Stand by. The uh, bulletin is about to fly through the airwaves here in moments right after these words on the Garden Show from AM740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, moments ago we were talking to Sheila in Burlington. She had a real squirrel problem, and uh, all our our eyes lit up because Bertha has called in from Guelph with maybe a solution. Hi, and welcome to the show, Bertha. Hi, how are you this morning? Good. Morning. Okay, uh, for a while ago I had a problem with squirrels, and I did call you people, and I used the baby powder to sprinkle around because they were eating my tulips. Mm -hmm. Now... A new remedy is safflower seeds. They do not like safflower seeds. I really? found they sniff at them and they just run. Really? So yeah. scattering those around on the surface of the soil. Yeah, and plant- I put them, uh, like I do feed the birds with that seed mm. uh, that I had, the bird feeders. Mm. And they won't go in near my bird feeders. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I, I was told this secret and whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and it works for me. Wow. And where do you buy them from? Like a bulk store? Uh, you put in the bulk store. Yep. Like, I don't pay a lot of money. You can buy them by bulk. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the, the certain birds will eat the seeds, mm-hmm. but the squirrels will not. <laughs> they don't like the smell. No, they try don't. That. Interesting. Okay, so if she could try that, and like I said, it works for me. Excellent. So I hope yeah. Sheila's still listening and writing that down. Good okay. stuff. Thanks so much, Bertha. Nice talking to you. And thanks for calling. Thanks for the tip. No, that's, that sounds like a really dandy tip, you know. It does. Here we've been searching forever. Yeah. <laughs> huh. well, Squirrel problem solved. We were talking about pallet guns and uh, shotguns. Yeah. And, yes. Dogs. And, and you mentioned that you have quite a lot of deer issues where you are. Uh, yeah. Usually, or, well, I think we're on a deer superhighway, even my garden. Like, they pass through every day. You know, every year we see the new ones. and Yeah. So this year I'm actually getting an electric 
fence. I'm they going are, electric right? finally. Well, I'm tired of eight foot tall fences that don't keep them out. They just go right over. They go over. They'll stand there and then just jump right over it. And I've watched them do it. So, wow. Yeah, so I'm going electric. So right now your garden is enclosed in right eight now foot it's fence. Not enclo- they knocked the deer fence down last September. Uh, and um, so I've been, I mean, in wintertime, I've got hoop, hoop, mini hoop tunnels, mulch, mm. cold frames from all my, my, my winter crops. So they're protected in the winter. Mm-hmm. But uh, soon, of course, I will mm-hmm. be planting more and out. I need the electric. How so, much acreage do you have? Uh, or do you, is it, are we talking about one acre? And my vegetable huh. garden is about just over 2,000 square feet. Wow. It's yeah. a good size. And you feed the family year-round off of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in, right now, there's 30 different crops still hiding under our season devices, yeah, season yeah. extenders and things like that. Yeah. Cool. So the deer fence you're going to put in, it won't be a – oh, sorry, the electric fence. Yep. How high will that be? It'll probably be two strands, one about 18 inches and then probably one at about three, three and a half feet. Right. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, it's just enough to dissuade them. Right. Uh, there is a great design in, in this new book, actually, for a critter-free garden, but uh, it's got these two four-foot fences, that, and, and it works great. If you can have two fences surrounding your garden, and right. four feet each with a separation of five feet in the yeah. middle. They won't jump the barrier. It's too oh, wide right. for yeah. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not high, but it's wide. Yeah. And then and you can they... grow things in that barrier, too. Right. Um, I just don't have the space for that. For double fencing. For double fencing. Not to mention the cost. Well, well, yeah. That as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm, that is cool. Uh, let's go over the uh, Canada Blooms info sure. again for folks uh, who maybe have tuned in a little later, well, whatever. Well, Canada Blooms is on right now. Mm-hmm. Open right now. Open just yesterday. And when did you fly in, Nikki? I, I flew in the middle of the snowstorm Wednesday. Oh, good. Yeah, it was like in the clouds on the runway. It was like, oh, when did wow. that happen? <laughs> Holy smokes. So they never closed the runway, the airport or I anything? I believe they, they they've canceled flights as soon as we landed. Oh, perfect. Yeah, but we were already in the air at that point. So Timing is good. It's good, yeah, exactly. All right, well, I was lost in the land of construction. I yes. kind of missed all that weather. I know I glanced outside and went, woo, there's a snowstorm. But that was like, whatever. Um, so Canada Blooms opened yesterday. It's open every single day. Opens at 10 in the morning. Closes at 9 at night, except on Sundays. It closes at 5. And, of course, there's three different stages. One is what they call the Unilock Celebrity Stage, and we share that with the home show. So there's home show speakers, you know, reno people and that kind of – Bob the Builder was on yesterday. That was pretty Literally? wacky. Wow, I miss Bob. Yeah, you miss Bob. <laughs> they were surprised you missed <laughs> it. It was Bob. really loud. <laughs> but uh, And then there's a Salon 102, and then there's the Learning Stage. So nonstop programming. Nikki is in Salon 102 today at yeah. 1 o'clock. I can't wait. Topic of your of your speech or your presentation? Groundbreaking food gardens. I'm going to offer a bunch of ideas, even people that have zero land, of what they can do to grow food. Mm, yes. Well, there you go. I've got a balcony. Grow. Come Maybe. on, Frank. All Get right. The yeah. Get, <laughs> Get with it, Franklin. Eat local. That's what it's all about, yeah. right? And Have I got to say, Canada Blooms astounds me. It's amazing this year. The yeah. gardens, like, it's if, you, if you're tired of this winter, mm. just walk in, smell the tulips, and you'll just be tra- you know, transported yeah. to spring. Instant. It's a pretty nice space after such a gray and wet and horrible winter oh, yeah. because it's colorful it smells great. It's it's cool and humid. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of really nice things going on. Yes. Our theme this year is wild exclamation mark, which means there are gardens that take you into the wilds. There's the subarctic garden. There's the mm-hmm. um, the forest garden with the waterfalls and really cool uh, you know stone bridges and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's the uh, different interpretations of wild wild flowers, wild you know native species in some of the the, tree, the uh, gardens. And uh, yeah, it's all over the map in terms of some of the designs. But they're co- all of them are quite fun and something you can learn something from all of them. Definitely. What I learn from you every year during Canada Blooms is where the wine bar is located. That's <laughs> 
<laughs> Good point. Well, we can tell you that, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> and That's right in the middle. It's round. You can't miss it. You can't miss it. I would suggest, though, that you, you folks who listen to the show on a regular basis, uh, you want to go down to the Canada Blooms and uh, it's where you'll catch, find me. <laughs> you want to meet Charlie. Uh, you head to the wine bar. And when Fred right. shows up, Fred, that's where when we... Frank shows up, that's where we hang out, is in the wine bar. Now, it, what's kind of interesting this year for the first time, we have little wine carts scattered around the show. I noticed that. So that you don't even just have to go to the wine bar to drink. Oh. You, as you're walking around, you can swing by one of those carts and pick up some wine. Well, sip along the way. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's and all about wine and tea, and, and there's a nice cafe as well. Yeah, the tea's Wonderful. great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a tea girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One last time to plug your book. Uh, the name is? The new book is Groundbreaking Food Gardens. And where, uh, where is it available? Pretty much everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's just just come out. So it's just arriving in, in bookstores as we speak. And then, Isn't that great? Yeah, my first one the year on Vegetable Gardener, which details all the crazy things I do in my garden. Yeah. It's been available for two years now. Well, Nikki, it's been a pleasure and uh, lots of, tons of luck with the book. I know Thank you won't you. have a problem selling a whole batch of them because well, it's a great crossed. little book. And this afternoon, you will be in the Toronto Botanical Gardens signing and selling books at 2 o'clock. At Canada Blooms. At yes, Canada at, two, Blooms. at 2 o'clock. 1 o'clock I talk and then 2 o'clock I'll be, two o'clock I'll be book signing. Excellent. Yeah, Thank well, you very much for having me. Well, thanks so much for coming. This has been a lot of fun. And thank you, Frank. You're always such a good sous chef. Well, you are such a great boss. And he looks fabulous today. I know. I love (laughs) it. Daffodil yellow. Thank you, darling. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're ready to go play tennis or something. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right. And thank you, James Patrick Dooley, for all your help out there and running the show from the other side of the glass. And Nikki, again, thank you for joining us. Thanks to our great callers. Wouldn't be a show without all the callers. Absolutely. And we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.